Hi, and welcome to episode 118 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from BaseballProspectus.com. Daily podcast, Ben. You still think this is a good idea? <laughs> I think it was last week that I said was the most boring part of the offseason, and what would we ever talk about? And suddenly last week seems like uh, an action-packed week that was full of things to talk about. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> there well, are. Last week wasn't so bad, actually. I mean, last week actually was kind of action packed. Justin Upton got traded and then not. Yeah. But otherwise, it was slow. But now, in the last three days, uh, like Andre Dawson said something, and that's about it. Marcus Thames retired. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Why? That's surprising. Uh, I don't know. Let's talk about it. What are we going to talk about? Do we have something to talk about? I guess we can talk about your health. How are you feeling? A hundred percent. Well, Marcus Timms didn't play last year. Nope. I uh, thought that last year was the uh, the year that what's his name did the thing. TJ Sanders. But I guess it was yeah. No, so he's gone, and you won't even notice. He might have been gone already, for all you knew. He didn't even play in the minors. Mm-hmm. So that's the news. Well, I'm glad you're healthy. Uh, I think you infected several of our listeners through the podcast because you've sounded so terrible sometimes. But uh, you're back. That's good. And I yeah. watched uh, you tweeted about Elementary, the <laughs> Sherlock yeah. Holmes show that you controversially compared I did. to yeah, Sherlock, very... the BBC show. Yeah. Uh, and I, I liked it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think I, it was of comparable quality. I don't know if I would say it's better, but it was. I enjoyed it just as much, probably. Yeah, I mean, I stated that I that it's better than than Sherlock, and um, I got a lot of people who were unhappy about that. But you know, anytime you you do a comparison sort of thing like that, there's really there's two variables, and one is that I like Elementary more than the average person does. And the other is that I like Sherlock less than the average person does. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably not that far off um, the the median opinion on either of those things. It's just when you when you know when the margin of error when you're when you when you, when you go the same you know the the wrong direction on both of those things you can have one pass the other. I actually do like Elementary a, a great deal. Um, I think the procedural part of it is. Uh, fairly contrived just like Mm -hmm. any other but i think that johnny lee miller's character is just tremendous uh there's a i think a a real darkness to the show that i like Uh, i think the cops are great um and i don't know i mean i i'm 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 into sherlock the bbc show my wife likes it a lot more than i do i find it to be a bit campy and um and I don't, I don't know. I, the, the the nice thing about Elementary is that it that the the character Sherlock has to sort of work at it. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's this is a craft for him. It's a job. It's a, it's it's a job. It's labor for him. And he you know he works to stay in shape. Sort of with Sherlock, I just find that he's almost like a, like a magical superhero, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just sort of born with this ability to to solve things. And I don't know. It, it feels a bit less satisfying to me. It is certainly more Sherlocky. There's much more Sherlock to Sherlock. Elementary, I think, would be a good show, even if it were called, you know, mm-hmm. The Mentalist or whatever. I don't know. I think I enjoy reading Sherlock Holmes far more than I've ever enjoyed any televised or, or cinematized version of it. Yeah, that's definitely true. Have you seen the the, the, the 
the um, 70s BBC Yeah, series. those are pretty good. Those are all on Netflix now, I think. And yeah, yeah I enjoy those. Yeah, I agree, though. The, the writing is so good. It's, it's crazy that they're still trying to make... I guess they're not really trying to top it so mm-hmm. much as take advantage of this wonderful setup. There that... is a moment in the first episode of Elementary where he watches baseball, or Watson is watching the ninth inning of a Mets game, and yeah. Sherlock ducks into the room for a minute, and he predicts how the three outs of that inning will be recorded, and then he just walks away, and then it happens exactly as he said. And I was yeah. really looking forward to his explanation of how he deduced that that was going to happen, and then the episode ended. Pakoda. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to do a post on that, actually, yeah. at the time. right. And I, I, I thought so, too. I realized, though, that nobody watches that show. <laughs> you like Larry did the Ferris Bueller thing. There would just be no, no joy. <laughs> Nobody would share my joy. At that. Well, we just talked for a few minutes already. We've got a few <laughs> minutes behind us now. I listen to some weekly baseball podcasts that are running on fumes at this point and <laughs> lamenting how they have nothing to talk about. And here we are doing it daily. So uh, you wrote an article. Yeah. Let's talk about what you talk- found out. So I... Um, I was, I don't know, you read it, you just I read did. it, you, what did you, what did you, did you find this interesting at all? Oh, I, I wrote a piece about pitch outs, and I took all the pitch outs that were thrown this year, and I just looked to see how often they were thrown, how successful managers are at calling pitch outs at the right time, um, and whether it is a sound strategy or not, and that's basically it, and I never really had thought about pitch outs before. Mm-hmm. And I probably won't ever think about it again because uh, what I found is that the stakes are extremely low and there's you know it, no very few pennants are being won or lost based on pitch outs. But also um, managers are really bad at deciding when to call them. They um, they very rarely call a pitch out when the runner is actually going. And so what happens is that all these balls are just piling up while managers try to guess when the runner is going. And and 29 out of 30 managers basically. Uh, uh, sort of defeated the purpose and gave the offense it, theoretically, I mean, based on run values and such, gave the offense more scoring opportunities than fewer because they were calling too many pitch outs and not at the right time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to add it to my, I guess, my shorthand for evaluating managers. If I look up a manager's stats, uh, not knowing anything about how he is in the clubhouse or, or, just looking at what I can tell from his stats, if I'm writing a manager comment for the annual or something, I look and I just kind of, I guess, mentally deduct points from the managers who have called for a lot of intentional balls and a lot of sacrifice bunts, uh, even if that's maybe just a, a small minority or small fraction of their value to that team, I kind of uh, mentally mark them down if I see that they're near the top of the league in, in handing those things out. So now I will add pitch outs to my list of demerits for managers. If I see that a certain manager has called for a lot of pitch outs, uh, in most cases, that's not such a good idea. Although I guess you found that the more they call, the, the better they tend to be at calling them. Yeah, they do, but they also call more of them. And yeah. they, basically... It's it's a sort of a thing where you can't get too mad about it because again it, it doesn't really cost you much it costs you you know a ball and um, uh, so so you're really talking about you know like one or two runs a year it's really staggeringly small and like it it maybe 
you arguably wasn't worth the article and more arguably isn't worth uh, the podcast. But on the other hand, uh, there it is pretty convincingly almost always a bad call mm-hmm. to do. A- unless you're uh, preternaturally good at judging when runners are going to go, um, it's really hard to make a profit at it. And um, so even if it doesn't matter much, it also is sort of, uh, one of those manager ticks that, um, adds up to a little bit, the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that interested me is that, so, okay, so Mike Sosha, uh, to the surprise of no one, I'm sure, uh, calls more pitch outs than anybody else by like a lot. Well, like, can we, can we just talk about how often, Pitch outs are. I mean, you should go and read Sam's article if you're listening to this. It's up at BP. Um, but can you? Because w- when we were initially doing the research, or, or I was helping you uh, pull the the list of pitch outs, and you were very surprised at the total number of pitch outs that there were last season. And we thought there might be some kind of mistake, and some of them had been omitted somehow. Um, and it seems like. You can watch baseball a lot and not really have a good sense of how often pitch outs happen. Um, so what did you find? Yeah, about? First, before I say, everybody in your head, get in your head an idea of how often you think a manager calls a pitch out. So just, you know, every uh, how many per game or how many games per pitch out. So just have that number in your head. Um, so what, uh, what it actually is is it's about 400 across the league all year. So... It's um you know it's just a little bit less than 15 per manager all year or about one every 11 or 12 games per manager, um, which is that's like nothing that's like one every two weeks and I that's really surprised me I did not trust we first we looked it up on uh, with PitchFX and I just assumed that there was a glitch and so then we looked it up in the um, event logs that. Um, uh, we also have access to, and they were the same. The numbers were identical, so we trusted them from that point. But yeah, they're um, they're they're rare, which is weird because you've if you've been following baseball for 25 years, you've seen that you know you've seen hundreds, probably thousands of pitchouts, and it feels like a pretty everyday occurrence. But they're actually pretty rare. I was impressed because um, I, I led this piece with a quote from FP Santangelo, who mm-hmm. noted um, Davy Johnson had just called a pitch out and Davey Johnson rarely called pitch outs and FP Santangelo noted that in his call of the game. I was pretty impressed that he'd noticed that because I have never noticed a managerial tendency uh, for or against pitch outs. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think maybe you might've guessed that Sosha would be on the upper end just because of Sosha, but I covered Sosha for a few years and I never noticed that he covered more than any other manager. And yet he does, he cover he called 17 times as many as Davey Johnson last year. Mm-hmm. But, only 34 but and Davey Johnson has a, a reputation as kind of a, a sabermetric darling I guess when it comes to managers so this is maybe just another piece of evidence in his favor um, yeah it's not real consistent tying the number to what you think of the manager but there's some there's certainly some of that so Davey Johnson is the least and Joe Madden is is right with him and um, you know, just about equal. So Joe Madden called, I think, three mm-hmm. last year. Those are the first two guys you think of, I think, probably for statty stuff. But the third guy you think of is Manny Acta, and he called the fourth most pitch outs. Um, Don Mattingly is the third fewest, and Eric Wedge is tied with him. I don't think of, I certainly don't think of Wedge 
as statty, and I don't really think of Mattingly as statty. But then you have Kirk Gibson is next, and Kirk Gibson is the sort of the most hardcore anti-intentional walk guy in uh-huh. baseball. Like he'll call, like he'll walk, he'll intentionally walk, you know, six guys or something. Whereas the average manager will do like thirty or forty. So, so he kind of fits there. And uh, but uh, at, be, other than that, like the A's through the second most pitch outs um, last year, which doesn't really necessarily reflect a statiness. But on the other hand, their manager doesn't always reflect the statiness. They also sacrifice bunt a lot. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't find it was that consistent. But there was it, it leaned toward the the ideas that you probably have about managers with the stattier guys wa- uh, throwing fewer. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's not that surprising, given what you found about what it's worth or whether it makes sense as a strategy. I guess then it makes sense that it happens less often than you were thinking it happened, because if it happened more often, it would be an even worse idea on, on behalf of those managers. And I wonder. Um, I don't know how far back we could go, but if we did check historic pitch-out rates, I wonder uh, whether it would be any different in the past, whether there are fewer pitch-outs now, or maybe whether you thought there were more pitch-outs because there used to be more pitch-outs when you first started watching baseball. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I think it's quite possible. I mean, um, David Johnson, of course, was managing in the 90s. He's, uh, he wasn't a couple years ago, and uh, Madden is a sort of new school guy, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Well, that will be the sequel. You can look for tomorrow so we can have something to talk about then, too. All right. Well, uh, uh, tune in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Wild, the daily podcast about pitch outs. <laughs> Allperspectives.com. If you have pitch out questions for us, you can email pitch outs at pitch. Uh, and (laughs) yeah are we done i guess right good unless there are any other tv shows you want to talk about um i'm uh well no i'm missing downton right now but well please go say i've been missing it bob (laughs) all right uh we're done send us emails so that we can have more things to talk about at podcast at baseballperspectus.com